Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. Good morning and welcome to Arts R Us. My name is Karen Cassian and I'm here with my co-host Noreen Mitchell. Good morning, Noreen. Good morning. And today we have the pleasure of having a guest, um, Don Huddleston. And Don is a Sinotype artist, a writer, and an editor, and a phot- photographer and director on the Haas board, a new director. Good morning, Don, and thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for coming back. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The last time we interviewed Don was August 28th. 2022. Um, and there's the mo- a podcast of that. Yes, there is. And you can find that on Don's website. <laughs> and I think the most logical question is, what's a Sinotype artist, Don? Can you tell us a bit about that? I can. Sinotype is a historical photographic technique. It was developed back in the mid-1800s, about 1842, um, by a man who was an astronomer and was just looking for a way to reproduce his notes. So it uses a combination of iron salts in solution that are photoreactive. So when you expose something uh, on top of a coated paper to sunlight, it captures that image. And uh, that particular technique is the process that was later used for architectural drawings to reproduce them. And that's why we call them blueprints today. Oh, interesting. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So if, if your average person wanted to just do this at home, what, how do you get solution like that? Is that? It's pretty easy to find online, actually. There, um, if you wanted to do something just to try it out, you mm-hmm. can pre or purchase pre-coated papers, and uh, and just add your material to that. It's a very simple way of doing it. Great to do it with kids that way, or you can purchase um, bottles of powder, um, which you just add water to, and finally you can purchase them in bulk, which is what I do because I use so much of it. Mm-hmm. Has it been used artistically for a long time? It has. In um, Shortly after it was developed, there's a woman named Anna Atkins who recognized its potential for, um, she was a botanist, so recognized its potential for capturing um, the fine details of algae. And uh, from there, it became this art form. I think it kind of fell out of favor for a while, but has really seen a resurgence in the last decade or so. I've noticed that you've been... Um Finding inspiration from other artists, like when you post something and you ask even other artists, what do you do about this? Is that a useful way to get more knowledge and develop your experience? It absolutely is. There's uh, there's some really great online forums for artists in general, um, but Cyanotype and other alternative photographic artists uh, in particular uh, Instagram is a great place to find inspiration and there's a really welcoming community there that will happily share a lot of their processes, um, either in video or even if you just ask them questions. I'm one of them as well. I'm happy to answer questions if anyone has them. How, um, how has your work evolved since the last time we talked to you? I've been playing with different types of materials, um, working more, experimenting with glass, um, which is particularly challenging for cyanotype because it requires a... You had um, said previously that that was something you wanted to do. I was curious about whether you followed up on that. I I have been. It's it's challenging because um, you have to use a carrier substance. Um, I've been working with gelatin because, of course, glass is smooth and you can't absorb the solution that way. Is that the kind of stuff we use for cooking? 
Uh, it is actually <laughs> good old Knox gelatin. Uh, oh, works really? Particularly well, it does. And so how, how does the light work with glass? Like, is that that would be different? Uh, it's it's actually the same process, mm-hmm. other than you're using gelatin as a carrier. So you mix the um, the solution with the gelatin and add it uh, or coat the the glass with it. And once it's dry, you just expose it the same way you would on paper. Is it pretty messy? Uh, no more than paper. You have to be careful you don't get it on your hands. Otherwise, you're walking around with blue on your hands for several days. <laughs> but you can't wear. Really, sorry. I'm sorry. No, you go ahead. You can't wear gloves, I guess. You could. Oh. I don't. Oh, probably would be a Baby. smart idea. <laughs> <laughs> and what have your subjects changed as well when you have been working in this medium and the new the new things? I know you're doing a lot of experimenting. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of experimenting. It's it has evolved in that um, I've taken on more challenging things. I work much more with digital negatives now than I used to. So I print an image that I've taken onto a transparency and work with it that way. It's challenging because it be, can become overexposed very quickly. So you have to really pay attention to the the light that you're using and how long your exposure time is. Um, but I, as much as I love capturing um, silhouettes of various natural things like feathers and leaves, um, I'm a photographer at heart. And so working with photographs is sort of my first love. Cool. And what's wet cyanotype? Wet cyanotype is a, a process that um, you use the um, classic cyanotype chemistry, but add different things to it to react with that to give you different results. So, for example, by adding something like citric acid or vinegar, I can get a different result on the paper because those things react with the um, usually the iron in the cyanotype formula. Okay. You also do lumens. What yeah. Are, what are lumens? do. A lumen print um, dates, it actually predates cyanotype. Back then it was called a photogenic print. Um, and the man who created it um, was coating paper with a silver nitrate solution. So uh, a precursor to what we see in photographs today. Um, and is that what deteriorates mm-hmm. in, in old photographs? I think so. Uh, or film? Yeah. Uh-huh. It could be. And for this process today, rather than having to work with silver nitrate, I just work with old um, photographic, usually expired photographic paper. And um, it works exactly the same as cyanotype. You place material on top, expose it to light. But unlike cyanotype, which can be fixed just using water, this does require a chemical fixer, much as you would with normal photography. Where do you find expired photographic paper? Um, eBay, usually. So are these people who had stocks? I, I think it's probably old, um, either people who have somehow gathered old materials or photographers that don't have a use for it because, of course, you can't use expired papers when you're creating photographs. They tend to be a bit foggy. But for lumen prints, they work beautifully. Huh. What's the reaction that people have to your work? Uh, it's, it's quite different. It is very different. Um, it's it's often surprise. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people confuse it with something like indigo um, because the color palette is very similar. But uh, once they learn some of the the history behind it, which is part of what I love about it, and also the the technique behind it, um, it's it is really fascinating. And a lot of people are very interested when they learn more about it. And you're doing w- workshops. I am. I have done workshops in the summer. Um, of course, this time of year, the UV starts to drop and it makes it much more challenging. 
um, for a workshop environment. I still do things outside this time of year and through the winter, but it takes so much longer for a workshop that it just isn't feasible. I am, however, working on building some uh, light boxes so that I can do workshops through the winter time when the UV drops too low. And where where will those be in your, uh, do you have a studio? I don't have a studio. I, I often will do workshops um, in the community center at the Dwight Library. Okay. Um, they are great supporters of the arts um, or just other rental spaces around town. I'd like to take one. Me too. I, I, I'd, like, I, I'd like to have you come to our guild and show them on fabric. If you, I know you've started doing that or have done some of that. Mm-hmm. I do fabric and I've actually, I, I don't have it put out into the world yet, but I'm working on a line of fabrics for quilting. You have a line oh, of well. textiles as well that you are selling. I do. I do. It's um, the fabric works beautifully for cyanotype because it adds a bit of, um, I feel like it adds some warmth to the because it it I mean it is a very cool blue color but when you start using things like a natural cotton um it just adds a little bit of warm feel to it that you don't get otherwise and your scarves uh scarves as well oh i have oh, so I many didn't things like your That's <laughs> i've cool. actually started uh for some things i've been using a print-on-demand company from montreal that um will take artwork and place it on various um things like hats and hoodies and scarves uh, because there are things, the wet process cyanotypes, for example, that I just, I could never reproduce them. They are truly one of a kind, but I love them so much that I've put them onto other things as a print on demand product. Are they silk scarves? They are, yeah. Where, where can people buy them like, right now? I'd love one. <laughs> they are, they're available from my website, which is oh. birchnotescreative.square.site. Okay. I know that you studied science and you're really interested in nature and you studied technical writing as well, but you're also a writer, a general. Have you had a write, independent writing project on the go as well? Or are you doing a lot of writing? Uh, I do write when I find the time for it. I find I don't really get into it until usually this time of year. And I don't know if that's just a fall days getting shorter kind of thing or if it's a holdover from school days where I feel like I should be doing something well, like that. It's wet. <laughs> and you're inside more. Maybe that's it. That could be it. Well, you do write a newsletter. I do. I write a newsletter for Haas and uh, Huntsville Art Society. Huntsville Art Society. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been great fun. It's, uh, it, and it's excellent. Uh, seriously, we'll come back and talk more about uh, the Haas newsletter in just a moment. We're here with Don Huddleston. I'm Karen Cassian with my co-host, Noreen Mitchell. We'll be right back. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Arts R Us on The Bay. And we're back on Arts R Us. I'm Karen Cassian here with my co-host, Noreen Mitchell, and we're interviewing artist Don Huddleston. And we're talking about Don has recently taken over the Huntsville Art Society newsletter is doing an amazing job, and she's also recently become a, one of our directors, and we're so happy to have her. Um, Don, your newsletter, like it's great. It's just great. It's very sophisticated. You, the, the layout is wonderful. You don't have to read it all if you don't want to. You've got titles um, for specific but things. But everybody wants to read everything. Every, because you write it so well. Um, so you're good at that, and you also have your own newsletter. Tell us about that. I do. So uh, I don't know. I just, I'm a writer. And so I like to just put things out there for people. Um, so for the Haas newsletter, it's just trying to gather together things that are happening in the community that people should know about and 
Um, at some point, I'd like to start highlighting some of our artists because we have so many of them yes. and they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, with my own website, I try, or my own newsletter rather, I try to um, share information about my process because it's something that's not familiar to a lot of people. Mm. Um, and, and it's very accessible. So it's something that I would really love other people to try, um, if they just would attempt it. And there are so many people out there that just don't feel like they're creative. I hear it all the time when I'm at art markets and, uh, and it's so not true. We interview people here who who say, um, no, I'm not really an artist. And you think, really? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's quite common though isn't it it, it really is and your, your latest one in august says you are creative yes you yes. <laughs> it's, and it's true i tell this to people all the time mm. you just have to find something that feels good to you a passion for it mm-hmm. yeah it's true and you said also uh, and during the break that you have a Uh, something coming out that's published I do so I am a writer and mostly I do freelance work but I also write fiction and I'm so excited that I have a story coming out in a Canlet journal called Nunum N-U-N-U-M and uh, what I love about this journal is they are very focused on flash fiction so short pieces of fiction as well as art so with every story that they publish they pair it with art from a Canadian artist so you can pair it with your own work uh, well, they choose. Oh. So they've actually paired me with an artist out of Montreal and, uh, and it's, it's been great fun working with them. Um, as you know, as with a lot of Canlet journals, they're very small, very passionate about what they do and they work really hard to get, uh, do they have an online presence? I was gonna say- they do. It, it is an online journal. So, okay. so how do people find, find that? What's, uh, it's, uh, N-U-N-U-M dot org. I think. And you, I don't think there's too many nunums. No, I don't think you'll have yeah. trouble finding it. <laughs> there's okay. none of them. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And you've published in the past. You've had another. I have. Story? I published a story with another Canlet journal called Agnes and True. Um, I think it was last year or earlier this year. It might've been. Um, and that's another wonderful Canadian journal. They focus a bit on, uh, they like to publish women's works um, because women tend to be a bit underrepresented and, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they have an, a historical bent as well. Um, their name refers to Agnes McPhail, who was the uh, mm-hmm. first woman elected to the House of Commons and um, True Davidson, who was a longtime politician in Toronto. Mm-hmm. You do writing with your works as well sometimes. I've noticed posts of some length and they tend to be science facts facts, information. What are you hoping to do when you do that? Like I'm thinking of migration. Mm-hmm. I I am hoping to um, and just make people think a little bit more about their world. One of the beautiful things about working with cyanotype is it's um, often um, when I'm not working with digital negatives, it's natural materials um, pulled from the landscape around me. And I really love for people to understand what we have out there. No matter where you are. I mean, if you're in a big city, there's nature around you. And uh, and it's so important to our planet and our well-being. And I really would love for people to just take a little bit more time to notice what's around them because it's so amazing. With that particular work, you mentioned it in terms of tree populations mm-hmm. and their movements. And I happen to know this because of the Horticultural Society and things I'm interested in about how we're going to possibly lose maples and we're going to get sycamores as they move north, the populations. Trees don't actually move, but the populations <laughs> move. But anyway, I, I, I was really moved to see that you made that connection. 
Yeah, it was, uh, and and I'm very happy to have sold that one um, because it's, I I just felt so strongly that that needed to be on someone's wall somewhere. Um, And it, uh, yeah, it was uh, an image of trees that had a bit of a moody feel to it. And, uh, and I just tried to show them migrating northward on the canvas, which also um, is what appears to be happening with our tree species, you know, ones Mm -hmm. that are Further south can't handle the heat that's coming, and so they're, um, as a population, migrating northward. It's odd, isn't it? I just think they're moving at night. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that would be fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, Back to your, sorry, back to your art for a minute. I heard a rumor that you might be applying for a a show in Partners Hall with uh, our, my co-host, Christina McBean, who also works in paper. I thought that was a wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great pairing. Um, Christine and I just about have our application ready, and we're hoping to mount a show in Partners Hall Yay! next year that focuses Yay! on <laughs> printmaking um, because both of us work in different forms of prints. And one of the things we're hoping to do with this show is explain to people here's this education piece again explain to people what a print actually is because the the terminology gets a bit muddied um you know artists who reproduce their work will call that a print but for a printmaker a print is an original work so we're hoping to um show people what kinds of prints are out in the world and how that differs from what they might already think of as an art print that's great you you not only print on paper or glass, you also print on wood. I do. Do you have a paddle going into the AL, AO no. paddle art and Auction. mural yeah. contest? I I <laughs> hope to. I do have some that are already prepared and one of them I might submit, but I have another idea that I'm rapidly running out of time for, but we'll see if I can get it together. <laughs> the creative process yes. at work is just not, not enough time. And it's, it's such a great... Um, I mean, it's great for so many ways because it's a unique um, substrate for artists to work with. It gets people interested in art in a new way. It's a fundraiser for many groups, including the Huntsville Art Society. And the Huntsville Festival of the Arts. And the Huntsville yes. Festival, yes. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, it's just wonderful. AO has been a, a great community supporter for a long time. It's terrific. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing one or more of Paddles. <laughs> I know you've already done Paddles. I have. And I actually... Usually older Paddles, right? Uh, yes, I'd, I'd like to work with old repurposed materials, but um, I did submit a paddle to the last auction. It was not a cyanotype, but uh, this is where my science background comes in. I turned the the shaft of the paddle into a, a DNA molecule. Oh, I, it wow. was terrific. It was so significant. It was so different, mm-hmm. novel. And, it was, and that was in the paddle art auction? In the, it was in two, the, two the years previous ago. one. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it was great. And it was actually, it now lives in the cottage of some friends of ours. I think you love paddling. It seems to me you are yes. a paddler. Have you I had a, a time to do that this past summer? I have. Summer? I'm a stand-up paddleboarder. And, oh, uh, and I, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I was fortunate. The weather was pretty good this year. So I got out quite a bit on my paddle. I saw um, a post of a um, blue hair and just a paddle length away. Yes. And did, will that become a cyanogram? I do have a photo of that heron. And yes, I will be using it in a work in the future. Do you have a waterproof camera that you take with you when you're uh, out on your paddleboard? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I very carefully take my paddle um, or my camera in a dry bag. And okay. I, 
have made a deal with myself that I will only take it out of the bag if I'm seated on my paddle <laughs> because I have visions of it ending up at the bottom of the uh, the canal, which mm-hmm. is where I usually take photos. <laughs> You've been very busy, though. You've been doing a lot of exhibitions and workshops. And where where now? What's ahead? What's coming next? Uh, I am going to do one final market for the year, um, the Dwight Christmas Market, which is November 18th at the Lake of Bays Garden Center. And beyond that, I'm going to spend some time over the winter working on some new works. I'll make this new um, light box that I'm, I'm hoping to make it an expandable one so that it's small enough I can take to workshops but big enough that I can do some larger pieces. I'm hoping for about 36 by 48 inches. Um, will, you, will you also be doing some car knitting? We've heard this term <laughs> so fascinating. We, we heard you were a knitter and uh, a I, car knitter. I am a knitter, but I tend to only, because I, I tend to not sit still very much when I'm at home unless I'm reading a book. So I knit when I'm in the car. So if we go on a road trip somewhere, I take knitting with me. And it's perfect. It's and, perfect and what kind of projects do you make? Uh, I take a very, very, very long time to make a blanket. So <laughs> it can take me years to it's finish It's a long one. journey. It is. <laughs> um, so we, we can't see, where can we see your work right now, actually? Right now, I, I have a few things at the Annex in Bracebridge, which is on Manitoba I've Street. i your work there. That's it's a beautiful a, spot. Uh, it's a wonderful space for artists. It's a, There's a collective of 20 artists that show their work there, in addition to some other vendors. And uh, I've done that just for this year. I'll be leaving them at the end of this year, unfortunately. But it's been a, a great experience and a great way to put my work in front of new people. Um, I have a few small things at the gift shop at Muskoka Heritage Place. And otherwise, you can find me online. Because all, all the other things are over. <laughs> the they, festivals they and markets. Any yeah. different places next year? Have, have you thought of doing your work? Uh, I, I've been talking with um, Karen, who's the owner of the Oxtongue yeah, that's uh, a beautiful gallery cabin. and mm-hmm. craft cabin out in uh, the Dwight area. And, and she does wonderful things for the arts as well. So mm-hmm. we've been talking. So perhaps there next year. Good. Lastly, let's say where your website is. It is birchnotescreative.square.site. And can you be contacted? At, oh, you you mentioned Instagram as well. I'm on Instagram as well at Birch Notes Creative. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks for joining us, Don. Yeah, great so glad to so have you back. And I'm so glad to see all these things happening, then jewelry and all these other things that are coming out of it. It's a very accessible way to use something different. It really is. Our, yeah. I can't wait to get on your website. Thanks mm-hmm. again. Thank, Thank you. you. So, Noreen, I'll start with uh, a few of the performing arts uh, happenings in town. Uh, the Huntsville Festival of the Arts is into their fall-winter season, and they're promoting Spin, which is the story of the first woman who rode her bike around the world in 1895. Annie Londonderry is her name. Uh, that's uh, at the Algonquin Theatre, October 20th. Uh, there's a canoe mural parade happening at River Mill Park on October 21st. You can check all of this out on their website. Uh, ben Kaplan's will be at Sand Hill Nursery on October 22nd. Hoxley Workman uh, at the Algonquin Theatre on October 26th. And finally, Dean Brody, uh, November 11th at Deerhurst. There's a lot more happening, but I won't give you any more right now. Maybe next time we'll extend that. 
How about the visual arts, Noreen? Well, currently on in Partners Hall right now, Huntsville Art Society is presenting the artist Stephanie Aykroyd, and her show is called Horizons, and it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. And the library, Huntsville Art Society, has um, Betty Ludur, who's continued, carried over from uh, previously. That's on in October, November. And Huntsville Hospice has Carol Rutterham. And we mentioned the Paddle Arc and Canoe Mural Auction. The online auction actually starts October 23rd and runs till November 13th. So by the time this airs, you'll be looking forward to the paddles will have been submitted and we'll be looking forward to the online auction. And Muskoka Arts and Crafts have their annual general meeting coming up on Thursday, October the 26th. I'm not able to go to this year, but members should uh, certainly RSVP if they're able to go on that date. It's really worth going to, I think. Also uh, coming up with Mac is the Women Create. This is the YWCA one, the mm-hmm. exhibition that's um, going to be on in Chapel Gallery from October 20th to November 4th. And in conjunction with that, the Y is offering a You Are Creative art workshop. Well, we were talking about this ourselves, about people are creative. And that runs on Saturday, October 28th at the Chapel Gallery. So look up MuskokArtsAndCrafts.com and you'll find out more about those events. And if you happen to be able to get a permit to go into Algonquin Park, <laughs> maybe, you now, want, maybe now, so yeah, um, you will be able to do check out the Algonquin Art Center and also the Algonquin Room at the Visitor Center. Those are places to see art until uh, they close, which mm-hmm. are they open still? Actually, I'm not sure whether not they sure. are. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, the Art Center might be closed, but the Visitor Center will continue to be open. And lastly, I'm going to mention South Rivers, another place to actually hear art sound art new adventures in sound art is in south river and they have their sound play festival on currently so there's always things there to do too a decomposing piano outside <laughs> sounds <laughs> yeah. good so that's it so that's it for arts for us this week thanks again don huddleston for joining us uh, there's only one hunter's bay radio we are muskoka, muskoka.